Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the District 3 podcast. State Senate seat in District 1 for Arkansas. Renetta, how's it going? Going great, Manny. Thank you so much. Hi, Irvin. Hey, I think my, my connection is connected a little bit, but I'm back. Um, glad, really glad to have you um, here with us today, Renetta. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's great to practice social distancing. And we're doing this interview each from our own place. That's right. That's right. Thank you guys so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation and just getting to know, uh, allowing the listeners and the viewers an opportunity to get to know a little bit more about me and just to share a little bit about uh, what's going on in District 3 and in Arkansas. Sounds good. Well, I guess I already have some questions for you and I know some people did submit questions as well. Um, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you is, um, I read that you are actually, where well, you lived, you told me that you lived in Birmingham, Alabama, but you were born in California. How do you end up in Arkansas? Wow, that's a very long story. And this is a <laughs> but I was born in California. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, spent just about all of my, uh, you know, from about two years old uh, until I graduated college in Alabama. That's where my mother's family is from. And so Birmingham is my home. I graduated from the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. No, that's not too popular here, but you've got to always represent where you come from, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. You can never forget where you come from. I'm very respectful here and I know where I am, but at the same time, I also know where I came from. So but both of those things are very, very important. Um, we came here from Dallas, Texas, actually, um, my, uh, from Birmingham, I went to grad school and got my master's degree in clinical psychology at Fisk University. Um, uh, then I went back to Birmingham to law school at Cumberland School of Law at Samford University and got my law degree there. And then my husband and I moved from Birmingham to Richmond, Virginia. And we were there for about four years or so when we, I was working with the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond. From there, we moved to mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas, and we were there for about 10 years, and we didn't think we'd ever leave Dallas. Dallas was really, really cool. Uh, but then, lo and behold, we got uh, this call to come visit and you know, consider employment in Northwest Arkansas. And we did that more than about 13 years ago. I came here to work for Walmart in their legal department. Uh, my background is employment law. I have been in employment law for 26 some odd years. And um, I started in the employment division at Walmart and then moved over to employment compliance before uh, I led and before and then after that, I led the uh, employment compliance group and was vice president of U.S. Ethics and Employment Compliance. Um, and it's been about three years now since I've been at Walmart and I started my own consulting firm that focuses on executive coaching and leadership development, primarily for female leaders to encourage and empower them to step into their own, to own their own brilliance and their power, to refine their executive presence and to bloom where they are planted. Wonderful. 
I like I love that last part. That's great. That's great. We need more women in power. That's right. That's right. That bloom where you're planted is a mantra of mine. It is the basis on which I have uh, developed the executive coaching and leadership development. I've written a book of the same title. I speak on that uh, topic. So it's something that is very, very near and dear to my heart as it relates to not just a phrase, but a, a mindset and a way of life. That's beautiful. Um, I'm trying to recall where, where I met you, Ronetta. I think it was like on a panel, wasn't it? It was, it was, oh, it was about, oh my gosh, it was like three or four years ago or so, uh, Irvin, and I was moderating a political panel that you were on and several of our friends, Nicole Clowney and Bobby Howard and, and maybe one or two others. And it was on, uh, it was around about 2016 and there was some discussion about how we can all come together and reunite as a country uh, because the political landscape had been so divisive. And is and, and I think the title of, is there hope for one America, for a united America? So uh, I think some of the lessons that we discussed then are just as relevant today. Yeah, and I, I remember, because whenever whenever we were in that panel, uh, I noticed that you were such a good speaker. You know, you were so good at talking about all these different topics that are important. So imagine my surprise whenever I go on Facebook and I see that you announced for this state Senate seat, I was like, yes, you know, not only because I already saw that you were a good speaker, a good communicator, but a person of color running in our area for that type of position, it's like, it's like, a dream for for people like me you know we're so used to, to having folks um, run that we might not necessarily be able to connect with so yeah. someone like you that we can connect with I think it's 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 important and and it's gonna inspire other people um, also to run I sure hope so. You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because during that session at the conclusion that Nicole Clowney uh, asked me if I had ever considered running or, you know, running for office. And I told her, absolutely not. No. I mean, I was adamant that that was not in my game plan and it wasn't. But, you know, you know the old saying, you make a plan and God laughs. So, you know, yeah. you just never know. But uh, I found this opportunity uh, to be of greater service to Northwest Arkansas, to step into the gap that you just mentioned and to be of service to uh, so many of the communities to provide an opportunity for folks to be able to identify with who their representatives are, to be able, and, and, and you brought home a point, we don't have to look alike for you to feel like I'm representing you, right? So I represent not just people who are black or brown, but folks who are, who've been underrepresented, who've been unheard of, who've been, um, you know, pushed off to the side, those who, who, who have felt left behind, as well as those who are looking forward to moving forward and moving this region forward, having a very reasonable, sensible approach to legislation, being compassionate and committed to the community, to all of the community, to all of the community. That's very, very important to me. And, and going back to what you were saying about being asked by uh, State Representative Nicole Clowney, which I'm not even sure, was she State Representative back then? She was running. She was actually she was running, running at the time. She was running. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How, what was the difference of, like, was there a difference of time when, one, um, you thought about running for office for the first time, or, and two, when you actually made your mind to run for office, were those two very different times? Like, had you thought about running for office years ago? 
I had never thought about it prior, and that's why I was very clear with the uh, senator, I mean, uh, Representative Clowney when she asked no, the answer was no, because I had seen so much on the national political landscape, and it was just not something that I wanted to be a part of. It, it, it is portrayed in the media, and, and just everywhere you see it is very negative, very divisive, very uh, hostile, and that's not my mantra, that's not what I embody, and I just you know, trying to, didn't want to participate in that kind of activity at all. But I tell you, when you talk about the time frame between that first uh, discussion, that's when the seat was planted. It was actually three years later mm. before I decided, oh, here's an opportunity. Um, uh, here's a, a place where I can continue to serve the community. And I am uniquely qualified to do so. And I know I would do a fantastic job. And I take this opportunity seriously and with tremendous responsibility. So it was a three-year time period. Now, I'll be clear. I wasn't thinking about it for three years. Was I thinking about it for three years? Um, after a three-year time period and this, uh, this opportunity presented itself, so I, I really gave it a serious thought for probably about six months. I talked to various people who had uh, run and won, people who had run and lost, um, you know, my family, of course, and lots of prayer before deciding to take that leap and to just throw my hat into the ring and say, I'm here, uh, District 1 here in Northwest Arkansas, we have an opportunity to express your choice. You do have a voice. Um, and, and to give that option for people to say, we, we want something a little bit different. Yeah, that, that's really great. And I think um, one of the things that we always talk about on, on our show is how important it is for people to use that voice. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, that we see is that people who are underrepresented choose not to come out and vote because of those things. And, and seeing that somebody like you coming out, we, we hope that motivates people um, in the way that it motivates Irvin and myself and, and a lot of people around us. Um, but one of the thing, one of the other obstacles to getting people to vote, um, I, I, that's something I just wanted to touch on with everything we have going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. Our current state represent, uh, representatives are uh, putting forth, and senators, state senators, are putting forth some legislation to help people try to have access to voting. Um, mm -hmm. In November, uh, things are all kind of up in the air. Nobody really knows um, exactly what the situation is going to be in November and if people will have access to polls. Uh, so, you know, what do you think about uh, this moment and, uh, you know, just trying to support the people that that mm -hmm. may be disenfranchised by everything that's going on um, in, in the current circumstances? I think that uh, we, there's an obligation to make the opportunity to participate in the electoral process as open, as fair, as transparent, and as accessible as possible, period, point blank. I think people need to feel engaged. They need to feel that it is not only a privilege, but it's a responsibility to, pr to participate in the process and that the government uh, do everything they can to facilitate that. I think uh, whether it's voting by mail, absentee ballots, whatever provisions or systems that can be put in place to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to participate in the process, that those folks who have felt somewhat disenfranchised in the past feel that they have an opportunity and an obligation to vote and they have the means to do so, 
then they should be able to do so. And we should be facilitating that to our greatest extent possible. Great. That's so good to hear. I know with, besides like voter registration, there's other things that right now that the community should be a part of and, and we really need to put an emphasis on it, like the census. Oh uh, yeah, everyone was census day. Irvin, did you fill yours out? I did, I did. You Manny, see, I, what about you? you? We, got it, I, we got it done in my house. We got it done in my house. We it did, is, uh, I, cannot, I cannot stress enough how important it is to complete the census. I think it takes maybe five to seven minutes to go through the entire uh, survey online. And the website is 2020census.gov. If you haven't already done so, please take the five to seven minutes to do to complete that census. It is so important that everyone be counted. And I know a lot of people think that, oh, if, um, you know, whatever the situation is, whether they've been incarcerated in the past or whether they, you know, it's, uh, or whether they're citizens or not, or whatever documents they ha may have or not have, or where they, you know, am I gonna be here for an extended period of time? I don't know how long I'm gonna be in Northwest Arkansas. No matter. April 1st, it was since today. If you are here, if you were here in Northwest Arkansas on that date and you're living here now, you count. You count. And you must be counted. I think the latest statistics show that uh, counties are running under 10% as it relates to uh, compliance with um, the census. And I, I said compliance was part of my background. So that's really important that we get more people to complete the census. And the reason it's important is because so much of the federal funding and other things that are important to our communities are based upon the numbers that are generated by the census. So in order for us to have the services, to have the programs, to have what we need to take care of ourselves and for our neighbors, we have to be counted. Yeah, I've already asked my family to as well. Yeah, citizenship doesn't matter, you know, no matter what, you know, none of that matters. None of that matters. Uh, so if you're, you know, here on business for a while, you know, you're going to be here for the next six months or so. And all the questions that anyone may have are answered on that website as well. So go through the website, check out the questions. If you have any concerns, I guarantee you the answer is yes, you should be counted and you should complete it. There's no penalties or any repercussions or blowback or, you know, people or, or, or any type of retaliation. The answers are confidential, period. But everyone needs to be counted. And I just want to encourage everyone to do it if you haven't already done so. Yeah. And, and just like you said, those, that goes to funding if it's to your city, if it's to your yeah. county, in, in, to your state. All these programs that all these governments do uh, to try to help everybody, uh, it gets allocated because of the census. So uh, right. those that haven't done it definitely need to go and get done. Okay. We don't want to shortchange ourselves. We definitely don't want to shortchange ourselves. Definitely, I agree, and um, and like I said, it's it's very simple. It just like you said, takes seven ten minutes to do so. So I really have, don't have an excuse, especially since we're home. You know, like usually you'd be like, oh, I'm I'm doing this, I'm out of the house. But a lot of us, well, the, not the majority, but a lot of us are home and uh, have no excuse to fill it out. So if you haven't yet and you're watching this, please do it now. Uh, if you have any questions about it, I mean, just. Post a, uh, post a comment, I'm pretty sure we should be able to respond to it since it's pretty simple. Um, 
but going back to you, Ronetta, going back to um, to this campaign, um, is there is there any like any uh, main issues that your campaign has kind of highlighted or um, have 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 put the most work in like talking about certain issues? Do you have any specific ones that you would like to highlight that your campaign is about? Which I know I, I checked the website um, before this interview, and first of all, the layout's really beautiful. I like the colors; it's like very pink, mm -hmm. and, and it's really nice. I was like, "Whoa, we we need it for our podcast. We need to get whoever does your website to do our." <laughs> um, but um, yeah, if you if you would like to talk a little bit about that, sure. I think it's important, you know. And thank you so much for the website because. Um, it was important for me to to speak my own truth about every aspect of this campaign, and that means my personality, my style, my individual, uh, you know, the in individuality that I bring, and that's why my color scheme is different. It's not, you know, standard. Uh, well, I'm not supposed to be wiping my face. Sorry, um, <laughs> uh, not supposed to be touching my face. Um, but um, it, it's important, and so the other things that are also important are. Um, you know, as it relates to the campaign is there's a lot that we have to be proud of in Northwest Arkansas. We've got a uh, tremendous assets. We, 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 we lead the state in so many different things, but there's also room for us to do more, to, to delve into making sure that we're investing more in our teachers, investing more in our public education system. And that means uh, higher wages for our teachers. And I guarantee right now, with parents having to, you know, to to educate their kids at home because of this pandemic, I bet you if we put a provision on the floor right now about raising teachers' pay, we would be successful overwhelmingly, right? So there, um, just a second. <laughs> I'm on a broadcast. Um, so uh, it, it would be uh, overwhelmingly supported because parents, if they didn't know before, fully and, and in a unique way appreciate the value that educators serve to our community and, and the roles that they play in nurturing and preparing our children for the future. And, and, and not just in, in, in higher teacher education pay, but also how are we preparing our kids? How are we investing in what they're learning so that they are prepared to compete in the marketplace of the future? whether that's you know the diversity of of courses that they're taught whether it's also like the human aspect of it and whether it's like being very socially aware in the messages that are uh, transmitted to our students uh, to prepare them for the future um, the other thing is that's really really important is making sure we're taking care of our families and that they have access to quality health care and, and, you know, as we're in the midst of this pandemic, healthcare is at the top of everyone's talking points. It's at the top of the news cycle. Whether you have access to healthcare, what is happening, you know, how much it costs. And I was so thankful right now that the federal government has recognized that in the midst of all of this and people needing uh, immediate access and, and information relative to the status of their health, they're making the, the testing for the coronavirus, COVID-19, available free of charge. They're ensuring that folks can get in and get tested. There are some difficulties in, you know, individual eyes from different areas, but for the most part, I think folks are really uh, having at least the access. 
it's not always equal and uh, and we are learning in the news the disproportionate number of African Americans who are dying as it relates to COVID-19 and is disproportionate to their representation in 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 the in their communities and there are so many underlying reasons that 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 go beyond that and you know we've got to make changes we've got to make systemic changes in healthcare we've got to make systemic changes in education we've got to make systemic changes in in the justice system and uh, we've got to continue particularly here in in arkansas how are we supporting the economy we're seeing right now how how small businesses are just in the crunch they're 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 crunched right now and so what other protections can we uh provide for small businesses uh in the midst of something like this happening again how can we diversify the economy in Northwest Arkansas so that others feel empowered and, and, and supported in starting their own businesses and striking out and, and doing what they can to also drive the economy? So I have a commitment to a fiscal responsibility as well as a compassion for social responsibility. I think there's a way to balance both, and I'm perfectly situated to do that. I think um, one one other thing that I, I did want to uh, touch on, and I think what you said right now is is really well put. Um, I've I've spoken to a lot of candidates before, and I, I think you probably have like the best way of communicating um, what your platform is about, like you just did right now, more than most people that I've <laughs> that I've spoken with in our state. So uh, I really appreciate you laying laying that out there. Um, I know that you also like like you said before you you've been a trial lawyer before, but you also have a master's in psychology. Um, how has that experience um, been able to translate into your campaign? Like, how have you been able to use that experience um, for your campaign to be even more effective? Because I feel like those two things are super important in communicating with people and just being a, a, a good communicator in general. Um, so I definitely wanna, feel, wanna hear your input on that. You know, I think it's interesting because as I think about the different seasons of my life and what I've learned and gained in each one, I don't think any season was lost. Everything from each season is used and applied in the season that I am in now. So when I, um, you know, um, I still find psychology so fascinating, which, you know, I'll tell you, I watched Tiger King, right? While we're on, <laughs> because you know, just human behavior is fascinating to me, and it yeah. compels me to 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 try and understand the motivations that people have, and uh, it's also helped me not to take uh, different responses personally because I realize it's really less about me and more about whatever it is that they may be experiencing, and yeah. you you get an opportunity to see people and accept people and embrace people exactly where they are. You don't have, they don't have to fit into any other type of, of, of box or formula. You can, you can embrace them exactly where they are. The legal background, um, as it relates to being able to analyze and develop statutes and policies and procedures, know the implications of them. I have a tremendous experience in enforcing um, federal employment laws. I used to sue companies for discrimination, for discriminating against individuals in the workplaces because of sex, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, 
religion, pregnancy. That's my background. I have been an advocate for years. And um, I did that uh, when I came to, when I went to Walmart as well. And it was just a different platform. Everything that I did when I worked for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, when I call my, when I was a federal agent, as it were, um, I continued that same work. It was the same mission and vision to ensure a fair and equal uh, workplace, to ensure the policies were uh, written in a way that provided a, a fair and equitable workplace, and to enforce those policies uh, if there were ever any infringements. So all of those things have continued to layer upon each other in preparation for, for, for where I am right now. My, my consulting firm in which I am tasked or I feel led to empower and embrace and, and enrich the personal and professional lives of female leaders, I am continuing to advocate. I'm continuing to be a, a supporter. You mentioned you know, my, my speaking. I think it's just something that I, you know, I've just been gifted with. And so I'm using that gift on a different platform. I am naturally curious. I want to know how things work. I want to know why things don't work. And if something is not fair, that's a fundamental problem for me. And I'm always going to be advocating on the behalf of equity, equality, fairness, and, and, and fair treatment. So I, I remember when I was such a young girl and my uncles who were just like 12 years older than me, I would irritate them to no end because I was always asking questions. Well, why and how and why? So I've been this way and talking and asking questions forever. So all of those things have just been uh, a part of the plan for my life to explore and expound on different areas at different seasons, but it all works together beautifully for this, you know, for this, you know, this, this phase. What the next phase looks like, I have no idea, but I know that this experience here will prepare me for whatever the next phase is. Um, talking back about, um, talking back to, um, well, what we originally mentioned about you running for the state Senate in District 1, um, the whole district thing can be very confusing for people because we not only have a state Senate district, but we also have a congressional district, um, mm -hmm. which is different even though it overlaps. The District yes. 3 podcast literally mm -hmm. got its name because we're in the, di in the third congressional district in Arkansas. Oh, that's awesome. That's why it's District 3. Um, but it. even though I think I think I'm in your district. I believe I could be wrong though, but can you tell us what district, uh, I mean, what areas district one covers? Sure. For the state Senate, district one and covers, uh, covers primarily Benton County and some aspects of Washington County. So think of Bentonville proper, uh, go up just a tad to get a little bit of Bella Vista. You've got Rogers, but west of 49 is in district one. If you're on the east side of 49, then that's a different district. So Rogers on the west side, um, 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 Lord, I've just lost my track. Uh, Centerton, going down to Cave Springs, Elm Springs, uh, a little bit of Taunty Town, there's Springtown, there's Gravit, there's Gentry, and um, those are some of the major areas. I said Bentonville, Rogers, Centerton, Lowell, 
um, Cave Springs, Asylum Springs, mm -hmm. um, Gravit, Gentry. And I've been, I've been visiting a lot of the areas. I, I used to have a, uh, like a coffee time in each of the different municipalities once a week. We were trying to make sure we, we you know, made the rounds. And then the COVID-19 um, pandemic started um, and, you know, restricted our movements. And to be socially responsible, we decided to stop uh, that aspect of the campaign and to try and reach folks in the different areas through various means, including um, technology and how we can uh, continue to, to get the message out, to, uh, to introduce myself to the people in the district, to make sure they have an opportunity to get to know me, to ask me questions, to know what I'm about. And, and one thing I know that people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, giving people an opportunity to know how much I care and the heart I have for Northwest Arkansas is how I'm using this time now. Yeah, and I, and I going back to what I was saying about it being confusing about like the districts and stuff, even mm -hmm. I was confused just a few minutes ago because my oh, state senator, and I know this, it's Lance Eads, who, who's from Springdale, but my mind was just like thinking like, or would you be my state senator? And if I'm confused about it, I imagine other people hoping, just hoping she would be right. <laughs> I was looking. I was looking at Manny when I said that he was just laughing. I was like, he knows I'm wrong. <laughs> and what I'm saying, no, it is. It is. It can be confusing. And um, what I would say is on the state, uh, the Secretary of State website for the uh, state of Arkansas, there is a tab called Voter View. So if you type in Secretary of State Voter View. You put in your name and you put in, I think it is your birth date. Yeah. And it will tell you, you know, if you're registered exactly where you are, what boundaries, what district you're in, what, you know, what jurisdiction, uh, who your current uh, representatives are. And so if you put your information in and it says district one, then that's me. <laughs> and I think it even tells you your voting location in the general election as well. Um, I'm sorry, say again. It also it also uh, tells you like your voting location for the general yes. election as well. Um, mm -hmm. That's where I send people all the time, specifically when they just want to check to see if they're registered, because a lot of mm -hmm. folks sometimes will uh, get asked at the DMV if they want to register, but uh, then they say yes, but then afterwards they're like, wait a minute, did I really get registered at the DMV or yeah. did I not? Um, so that's. And that's an excellent point. I would advocate for everyone, even if you're like, oh, I know I'm registered, go on to voterview.com. Uh, go onto that voter view tab to, you know, to make for sure, because there've been some uh, purging of voter records and we want to make sure that everyone is registered. If they thought they have, I I've known people who thought that they were registered and their information isn't there. So take uh, a moment right after you finish the census, go onto the voter view, you're still on the computer and make sure that your registration is intact um, so that you have an opportunity to actually vote in november wonderful yeah that's a, it's a great resource thank you for sharing that and i'll i'll say my older sister she voted in the last election and she's already been purged so purges definitely do happen um yeah. so so uh make sure everybody goes and, and update your registration it doesn't take very long um, it's not. um and i i just say you know i'm glad you clarified on on your district i think it, Everybody would be very lucky to be represented by you. Um, the state would be lucky to have you. 
um, somebody that has a, such a social conscience and, and obviously knows a lot and cares a lot, just like you said. Um, I, and I'm, I'll bring it back. I'll just because you touched on Tiger King, you know, we're all self-isolating. We're finding ways to, to kind of spend more time at home by ourselves or, or with our families. Are there any other TV shows, movies, books, uh, or podcasts since it's a podcast that, that you've kind of been spending more time with or, or doing, uh, more online with? So I will have to say Tiger King was that, you know, it kind of satisfied that psychology itch for that fascination for the humans, you know, just how people are thinking and just, you know, people who live lives that are different from mine, I find extraordinarily fascinating. You can learn so much uh, uh, from them. Uh, the other thing that's, that's a favorite of mine is Ozark. Have you all seen Ozark? Yeah, yeah, just started it, just started it. I tried to, I tried to, you know, the first uh, season, I just like engorged it. It was just like, I, I came onto it late. So the, you know, it was all there and I just like binged the entire first season. So when the second season came, I watched the first season again, and then I binged the second season. When the third season came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to pace myself because I knew I was going to enjoy every bit of it. And I didn't binge it, but it it took me about a week. So my younger daughter and I, who's she's an Ozarkian, I guess as well, uh, we really, really enjoyed it. And we just finished it uh, uh, just about two nights ago. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I have a, a devoted fan uh, of Grey's Anatomy since it came out. So I have watched every episode for the past 16 seasons. My other favorite show is Saturday Night Live. <laughs> My husband swears that I am the only person that's keeping that show alive. I don't think he's right. <laughs> but my, my, my secret job, you know, people are like, what's the one thing people, you know, no one knows about you? I, that would be my that would be my all time dream job is to be on Saturday Night Live. I don't necessarily think I'm funny, but it is just such an amazing. Uh, it's just the energy and the chemistry, and I just love it. I love 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 it. Um, sometimes it's funnier than others, but I just I just enjoy it. So those are the those are the kind of television uh, that I watch. Um, I've always been you know, watching the news programs, the CNN, um, but I can become a little, it can become a little bit too much, too much information overload. And so I have to kind of uh, step back. I love just about every genre of movies, except those that deal with uh, devil possession, like the Annabelles or you know, the dolls. That are very I'm sorry. No, no, we're not having those. That's all we watch here. Zombies, yeah. Uh, action. <laughs> Um, you know, foreign language films, romantic comedies, dramas, thrillers, love them all. Love them all. Good. Yeah. No, Urban, Ir have you gotten a chance to watch Ozark yet? I feel like that's one that, that might have not gotten on your radar. This is the, the second time today on a video conference call that I've been asked about Ozark, which is. <laughs> and your answer is. No, I, haven't, I haven't. I haven't. Oh my yeah. Irvin, the next time you and I chat, I'd need you at least to have watched the first two episodes of the first season. Is Here it you. on Netflix? It's on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yes. You'll get hooked. You'll get hooked just because of the cinematography. I mean, it, it, Ozarks, it looks like the beautiful parts of Arkansas. You got to watch beautiful. it. And you know, the story is gripping. The acting is amazing. Uh, it's outlandish enough. It's just, 
it's it's just everything you want to escape your norm you know your life yeah yeah well renetta um i think uh you know thank you so much for for spending all this time with us My um, pleasure. It, you know i i know you're very busy and uh just uh, we're happy that that you're still so devoted to trying to connect to everybody uh Absolutely. during these yeah. times um, and i have so. to turn the lights on real quick because it was getting really dark in here but i did want to get to the two questions that were asked by the folks who listen to the podcast um mm -hmm. the first one let me read it to you here um mm -hmm. The first one, and this one came from Instagram. And the question asks, and it's from Adam. It says, hey, I have a couple of questions for uh, Ronetta. Her opponent, State Senator Bart Hester, wrote the Interest Rate Commerce Improvement Act. This law made it legal to fire or evict anyone in the state of Arkansas because of their sexuality. Since 2015, it's been legal to fire any person in Arkansas because they are LGBTQ. Um, does Ronetta believe in firing people because they are LGBTQ? Um, does, does I think he worded it wrong, but I guess he's trying to say um, if you find that acceptable or uh, disagree with it. I do not find that act acceptable at all in any form or fashion. I mentioned to you that I worked for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and I did so for 10 years. So for 10 years, I prosecuted and uh, uh, companies uh, filed lawsuits against them for discriminating against individuals in the workplace because of sexual, um, because on the basis of sex. And the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission um, interprets Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include sexual orientation and gender identity. It has always been a part of my just makeup that folks should have uh, equality as it relates to an equal footing um, in the workplace. And if you can't have an equal footing there because so much identity is to replace, it's vital to ensure that folks have an equal opportunity to compete and not be discriminated against on any you know circumstance because of the protected category. And in, in my mind, and uh, under the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, sexual orientation and gender identity fall under that category. I do know that the in court last argument in three cases uh, from Michigan, Georgia, and New York, uh, where they are reviewing statutes similar to the one that is um, present here in Arkansas. And their decision, once it is final, will will we'll determine whether or not the EEOC's interpretation Title VII has been or not. And so a lot of you know folks are waiting around the world because in 52% of the states uh, in this country there are laws very similar to what Arkansas has. And it's it's you wouldn't think that that would be the case because there are these federal protections. Uh, yeah. against discrimination in employment and in the housing industry that certain states can uh, choose not to include those. So as a state uh, representative, it would be incumbent to ensure that we are inclusive of our protection against discrimination. And that would be something that would be very high on my agenda. 
Sounds good. Um, thank you for your response. There's a follow-up question, which is somewhat similar. It says, um, is it the state's responsibility to strike down non-discrimination ordinances that protect minority workers as the Interstate Commerce Improvement Act struck down Fayetteville and Eureka Springs non-discrimination ordinances protected, uh, protecting LGBTQ workers? Yeah, I think, I think it's incumbent upon the state to ensure for uh, other municipalities to follow. I think when the state uh, sets the model that discrimination will not be tolerated on any basis, on any basis, then states will have uh, to, I mean, and then municipalities will have to follow suit. The federal government um, um, protects uh, just, you know, individuals, like I said, in the employment and housing on a variety of different bases, including uh, marital status, your national origin, um, military, you know, your veteran status. So there are lots of different bases that the federal government has utilized in order to provide protection against discrimination. And I think states have an obligation to follow suit on each and every one of those, and then the municipalities will follow. Thank you for that answer. I hope that answered your question, Adam. Uh, we have one other final question from Janet on Facebook. Um, and I think I'm gonna try to translate what she was trying to say. Um, she was asking, how is Ronetta gonna address uh, inequalities in our systems? And she's talking about mainly like poverty, racism, uh, healthcare wages, voting rights, incarceration. Um, and I know that's a lot, but um, I think- a lot. If, if anybody can answer, I think you can. Right? Well, well, you know, I think I think what's interesting is the first step is understanding that, uh, to her point, uh, is there are systems that are in place that perpetuate discrimination and perpetuate poverty and perpetuate inequalities in the judicial system and other systems. And understanding how those systems began, how they're utilized today, and how they can be dismantled is important. But being able to understand how it, it how we can dismantle those systems and replace them with those that work are important. And being able to identify the gaps and how folks are slipping through those gaps and how different uh, stereotypes continue to be perpetuated generation to not address the individual concerns, but the system that's driving it. And uh, it won't be easy. It won't be easy because you can't legislate. First of all, you can't legislate how people feel. You can't make people say, I'm going to treat everyone, you know, in exactly the right way. We all have to come to grips with what our personal prejudices and, and personal preferences are and ensure that they don't um, become biases that impact our behavior to the detriment of others. It's a right to have a preference for one over another, but when we start showing biases and prejudices, then that's when we are uh, doing a disservice to ourselves and to our fellows, to our fellow persons, our fellow citizens, neighbors, um, individuals. And, and I just, it's, it's, I don't have all the answers to that question. That's a very, very deep question. There are yeah. so many systems in place that need to be addressed. And I, I can tell you that I will do my part and that I will fight and that I will have the best interest uh, of, of doing the right thing uh, as, my, as my guide. 
And uh, where can people reach you out uh, on social media, Ronette, if they want to reach out, talk to you, ask you a question? Sure. So it's uh, the Facebook page is Renetta Francis for Arkansas. So go out to Facebook and like our page, follow. Um, I also have the website, which is renettafrancis.org. They can go there and uh, there you can volunteer if you would like to support and learn more about the, uh, the campaign. You can also email me at campaign at renettafrancis.org and I will get that information, any questions that you may have. Um, I also, on Saturday mornings, as this is part of how we're transitioning the campaign, I do a Facebook Live on Saturday mornings. And this, this coming Saturday, since we're talking about District 3, uh, the current candidate for District 3, that, that uh, position, uh, will be a guest on the Facebook Live. So Celeste Williams and I will be having our coffee and conversation Saturday morning at 9.30. So we have lots of opportunities for individuals to volunteer. Right now, what we're doing, we're, we're, we're just doing wellness checks on folks in the district. We're, make, we're making phone calls to see how folks are doing, how they're managing through this pandemic, and, and identifying if there are any resources that are available. So I've got also an Instagram page, which is a little... We're getting that kicked up off the ground, but uh, just if you if you follow us on Facebook and and with the website, then you'll be up to speed. There you can um, uh, share your email address. That's what I'm trying to say. And that way, you'll be included with our newsletters and always be up to speed with what's going on with the campaign. Sounds good. Well, Ronetta, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And uh, I'm glad that we're doing this through social distancing so that we stay healthy. And yes, we be very responsible. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Like I said, once again, uh, this is actually episode 37 of our podcast. Um, wow. and we've been trying to, to work with you to find a time to be able to make this happen. So we're really, really appreciative of that. And uh, we'd love to, to uh, touch base with you again within the Absolutely. next months just so we can see where the campaign's at. And if you can pro provide any kind of information as to um, hopefully we get to a point before November where we can start doing uh, public events again, you know, uh, because yeah. I know that, that's, that's so that's important. Right. It's, it's difficult to do everything. It'll be fantastic. I know this is episode 37 for you, but this is my very first political podcast. So I couldn't think of a much more uh, uh, open, warm, and welcome group to uh, for me to have this premiere. So I'm so excited that it was you, Irvin, and you, Manny, that I got to spend this time with. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, thank you once again. And for the listeners and the viewers, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Ronetta. Thank you. Bye.